November 15th, 1998, Half-Life was released for PCs, followed by Half-Life 2 in 2004, and Half-Life 3 later this year, according to this guy my cousin knows who totally works at Valve. Method Man's TCAL 2000 Judgment Day was a classic woo-banger, featuring 40 minutes of skits and only three songs. The Star Wars Episode 1 trailer was attached to Meet Joe Black, and three minutes of excitement, followed by three hours of disappointment, set the standard for the prequel trilogy. Meanwhile, in St. Louis, Missouri... The Rock and Mankind played a deadly game for the WWF Championship at Survivor Series. It left a sweaty spot. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm Aaron Benoit, and to help me make sense, we've always got our historian Bobby Hankinson. Hello. And Eric Silver. Oh, delighted to be part of the podcast with episodes so long you can do a wash and dry and fold uh, of your laundry throughout one, just for one episode. That was it. Do a wash and dry and fold of a lot of things, not just your laundry. Yeah, you can wash and dry, you know, your couch. And then and, fold it. Yeah, and fold it. Uh, if you have a sleeper sofa. I was going to say. <laughs> put the put that bed back in. If you've got a futon. Yeah, your parents are coming over. <laughs> Everyone see that uh, that clip from Micho Black that was making the rounds on the... For, has any, have you guys seen Micho Black? No. Because I never no. did. I know he gets oh, hit by a car. I was like, car. I guess Aaron's like deep in the Micho Black verse. No, there was a, there was a clip from it that was going around where, where it's like two minutes long and it's just he and the female lead just staring back at each other but like as they walk away but then the other one will turn and walk and then the one will stare and then the other one will turn back as the other one is walking away and then brad pitt gets hit by three cars yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's i think that's like the end of the movie um also in theaters that week top it was the water boy and also uh in third place that week was i still know what you did last summer featuring jack black with dreadlocks a style icon for bray wyatt i'm sure you know, everybody for that movie was really excited to let you know that it was actually, I still know what you did two summers ago. <laughs> um, in music, we also had The Offspring's Americana released, Whitney Houston's My Love is Your Love, which is a 90s R&B thing, I know. Wait, what was on Americana by The Offspring? Americana. Kids are all right? That's like the, that's like the big Offspring The album. kids aren't all right. Aren't all right. Right, 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 right. And I, I did Pretty Fly for White Guy. Yeah, pretty oh, much. it was that, it was that one. Biggest album. Okay. I'm not saying it's their best. Was album. that the one? I don't know. Yeah, that's it's their the, biggest album I for think, sure. Uh, Smash. You think that the album with Pretty Fly for a White Guy and the Kids Aren't Alright was is was small? Was a not their best, most pop, not their best, but their most popular, like yeah. most successful album. Yeah, I would say that. What's you, the big single from you, Smash? And Smash was um, keep them uh, separated. Gotta keep no. them separated. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come out and play. Because that had a lot of really good... That's actually a very good album. Look, I'm not saying it's like, that's not a better album, but I think this is the one that like that like was and, on TRL and like... Yes, 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 but... I'm, yeah, it's I more... Like, I think I probably would sold much more units and like I think it was a mainstream hit as opposed to like an alt-rock thing. I don't know. Uh, I just remember not being able to turn on the radio out here and come out and play. I mean, I certainly couldn't turn on the radio. Well, and there was also the one where it was like... Uh, where. Um, bad habit. No, I'm, I'm like where he he like hooks up with a girl. Then she self esteem. Oh, oh yeah, self esteem was all over there me. too. 
The self-esteem on that one or self-esteem on Self-esteem on that one. It's a very good album. Yeah. I'm not saying it's that. I'm sure it's a great album. Bobby, I know you I'm hate this album. I'm not defending Americana because it's, 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 gar- yeah, it's, it's, it's not a it's good bad. album. Pretty Fly From America is a terrible turns out song. every time you try to put America into a <laughs> album, if you're from that time, it just turns out bad. Uh, Bleed American. What's that? Bleed American. What's that? Jimmy Eat World. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the New America, the Beverly Hills is pretty good. American Jesus is a good I one was one. just thinking American Idiot. Okay. <laughs> if you're Green Day or if you're The Outcast, not The Outcast. Oh, my God. The Offspring. <laughs> um, and then also debuting on TV that week, Elmo's World and the Powerpuff Girls. Here's a challenge for you guys. Of all the things you just mentioned, there's like six or seven, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitchell Black, Still Know You Did Last Summer, The Waterboy, Offspring Americana, Whitney Houston, Elmo's World, Powerpuff Girls. Which three do you think I was most into at this time? I definitely the Water Boy. No, I'm kidding. Definitely not. <laughs> um, I would guess Offspring. No, no. The Powerpuff Girls. No, Power, uh, Powerpuff Girls seems like it's a little later for you. What were the things? You guys are going to be very surprised. What were the, the things? The three things here that I was very into was Offspring Americana. Uh-huh. Very into it. I saw the Water Boy in theaters. <gasps> And also, keep in mind, I'm in like eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, you're a fucking dummy. And I still know you did last summer. I saw In Theater Doesn't Want Brandy, right? See, yeah. And I it's a thought horror you movie. were. I really yeah, I know, horror Very off brand for me. Mm-hmm. I can do, I can do even to the day, I can do like the teen slasher campy. Like Scream. from this. I can do Scream to do the summer Urban Legends, like that kind of like campy oh, teen. Oh, Urban Legends is so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. But I can do those. But even then, I, I can do those. Those are the things. Uh, I feel like those are three very unbobby 2020 things that for some <laughs> reason were. The things I was into. I don't did know did you watch The Faculty? Oh, yeah. I saw okay. The Faculty. Faculty. Oh, I, that's a great movie. I still watch The Faculty. Whenever it's on cable, yeah. I'm like, well, that's it. Cancel my plans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Faculty's yeah, yeah, yeah. on. One of, the, one of the few good appearances of uh, John Stewart in a movie. Oh, that makes sense. He's one of the teachers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just uh, I'm trying to prove you wrong. Uh, nope, nope. You're right. Yeah. He's got that new movie coming out, and it looks so bad. Oh, Anyway, let's go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we could uh, we could stay here all night diving into all of that. But Eric's wife is coming home, and we've got to do this as quickly as possible. Yeah, this is, this could mean my marriage. And we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, just going off of the Raws, China has been taken away in handcuffs. Bobby, any idea why they were writing her off? On I TV imagine I point? tried to look into this. I can, the only thing I can assume is because. Triple H is out, and there's a lot of obviously they're at this time dating. They're still like an item, and I don't think it makes sense. Often it's common that if someone has a manager or valet, if the star is out, especially if they have they're going to come back and want to keep them together, they're just going to keep them both off TV. So wait, in story they're dating? No, in real life they're dating. Oh, I didn't know Triple H and China oh, were yeah. dating. Yes, this is an important important fact to know. Yes, oh. uh, they are romantically linked, um, openly dating, uh, on like behind the scenes, not on not on screen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I imagine just because he has the knee injury that and uh, they're a package deal, it just makes sense to keep him off and bring him back together. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, also makes sense, DX loves Motley Crue, and Motley Crue comes to Raw to perform Wild Side, I've, and their bodyguard, using air quotes here, Test, carries away an overzealous fan. I was so upset that you gave me the Raws and you said – watch these things and then i was like wait you don't want me to watch motley crew i know i scrolled past and i was like "Ooh, should i watch it should i watch it, should I, watch it? I, was like, I did not have the time but uh, i did i did want to i'm sure i watched it when got it live, but... plenty of time to go back uh, and I, they'll I come back to that don't worry uh the blue blazer seems to have formed an alliance with jeff jarrett and has been seen in the same place as owen hart draws attacks a drunken hawk 
Tiger Ali Singh paid a woman. I it was to... like at the. He was at the zoo. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, this hawk. I don't know. Was just eating some expired berries. I don't know who and... overserved this hawk? <laughs> um, Tiger Ali Singh paid a woman to deep throat a kielbasa, yeah. but was incensed to find out it was one of the Godfather's former hoes and not an amateur. Another thing, I was upset that you made me that you were like, no, 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 not this, not this. Watch this other thing. Well, to be fair, though. She, that's the rules. You know, she can't have an official, any sponsorship if she wants to stay amateur. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh goes by the same rules the as NCAA. the NCAA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, and they, they sell t-shirts with her face on it. She hasn't seen a dollar. <laughs> um, the brood has formed. Edge has joined with Christian and Gangrel, Gangrel for reasons. And then on their Survivor Series pre-show, Al Snow has formed the Job Squad with Bob, Holly, and Scorpio. And Farouk and Bradshaw attack the DOA wearing matching black pants with pseudo-satanic symbols. Sure. Bradshaw has has satanic symbols now? Yeah, watch the space. Uh, it's, I'm just glad someone's attacking the DOA. Bye. <laughs> Which brings us to the Survivor Series show. By the way, I imagine that satanic symbols for Bradshaw is just like a Jewish star. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this right. This is this is them horned ones, right? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I rest my case. Um, another dope intro. We've got really going back into like the. Uh... <laughs> You're still laughing about it, aren't no, you? No, I'm thinking about the intro now. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going back to the uh, the this is sports kind of thing where all these guys are training. Wait, what do you want to say, Eric? Go for it. I wrote, this is like they took the the footage from Lace Up My Boots and gave it the script of a Snickers commercial. <laughs> it's like, you want to bite into this, like, the you, you can taste it. You can taste the... Well, maybe it was synergy, because my big thing is, I liked the intro, but then afterwards it was like, Nestle Crunch! <laughs> it was like these guys were like, I've waited my whole life for this opportunity. I've never worked so hard. I've never wanted anything. This is hard. People lose their lives and their health. And it's like, whoa! Stop it! Take a bite of a Nestle Crunch! But then they also oh, had the no, song no, that no, was no, like, no, because... It's a deadly game! First of all, the song is fucking great. I would... I, <laughs> I want an album of just that song. Where do I find that? <laughs> somewhere somewhere down in the Delta, rest the bones of some old old Mississippi bluesman who wrote the chord progression that would somewhere become the deadly game. And that is his only legacy. And that is the only thing that he will be known by. They said he uh, he met the devil at a crossroads <laughs> and sold his soul to yeah, that write was, that, that was That was the deadly game. <laughs> Did I, it sounded you like gotta beat me in this guitar contest. Are we sure that the Deadly Game wasn't just um, written for Carmen Sandiego, the old game show? Because it did sound like something like Vince would be like, "Do it, Rockapella," and that was just gonna be it. Because it did kind of have that same level of cool. Hey, hey, Steve Austin, why don't you eat something? Because you're not yourself when you're hungry. And then that fucking the skull with the looked like it was a um, looked like it was a flash challenge on Ink Master. You have to etch a design into a skull and paint it. And then you will control the skull picks for this week's elimination oh, tattoo. Man. Oh no, they have to use post-its. <laughs> um great. Great. We're here in St. Louis. I'd like to think that the St. Lunatics are in attendance just because after Method Man showed up at Survivor Series, I just want to know what rapper is there every time. Um, 
Vince has a real wobble stand going on here. I was not surprised when he pulled some Willy Wonka shit later on in the night. Wait. When Vince is being helped up, he does the whole like, oh, "Oh, I can't quite stand up right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, the one giant leap for mankind line was great to start things well, off too. This yeah. promo Vince does to open the show introduces mankind, introduces mankind's mystery opponent. So mankind comes out and he's in a suit. He's a, tux. a full tuxedo, tux, right? I couldn't tell. Full it was a tuxedo, tux, a tux. Okay, so he's in a tux. I couldn't tell if it was a black suit or a tux. But then he's got like fancy little loafers on. You can tell he's clean shaven under his mask. Um, so you can tell he's like out to fight on behalf of McMahon. And McMahon, uh, of course, you know, doesn't want Austin to win this tournament. Makes sense. Mankind's a friend of his, so he has a surprise opponent. And there had been a lot of uh, conjecture leading up to this that Shawn Michaels was going to return. That's why they were chant- the crowd was chanting, and I was like, are they chanting HBK? So that is what's beautiful, because as he starts the intro, he purposely uses descriptions that could be used for Shawn Michaels, like... He's had a great career, blah, 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 blah. He's An amazing win-loss loss record. record. He's definitive. He's been gone. He was here. He left for a minute. But what's super brilliant about this is Shawn Michaels never went to WCW. Uh-huh. So the Or you mean WCW? WCW. So what's so brilliant about this is that's the reveal line. So when he says that, the audience knows for sure it is not Shawn Michaels. However... For the viewers at home, he just said WCW and the entire arena started booing. And you don't have to ask any more questions than that because that is amazing optics. Yeah. Like it was so brilliantly like written and and performed that like the crowd doesn't even realize what they're feeding into. Like they're booing, they're not getting HBK, they're booing him, but really they just walked directly into what he wanted them to do, which is boo WCW. Huh. It was I think it's fucking brilliant. And then to bring out Dwayne Gill, who's just a jobber, um, he, Although Dwayne Gill's next gimmick yeah, he, he is going to be great. But, uh, he's just a jobber. So picture them bringing out like literally one of the guys that fucking Eric Rowan fights every Monday. Sure. It would be the, the equivalent of that. But I love that he's a coach of the Pasadena Chargers, which is like a, <laughs> And then a, they a, go to the Pasadena league. Chargers as an elementary school football team, which that's – is that a thing? I don't think they play Doesn't football. Matter. But Doesn't that's matter. That's amazing. As, Doesn't matter. as he's walking out and, and the, the fireworks go off behind him and he's he jumps scared. like Eric. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I – listen – only in a concert I, I don't need to explain myself i would like to know how many fans of eric silver from this podcast we would have if they knew your opinion on fireworks wait how many fans i would have on the podcast if they knew my i don't even know how many fans i actually have wait what's I your opinion like... on fireworks do i not know this oh i think they're for simps i hate fireworks we're together <laughs> I yeah hate fire you know what i hate more than fireworks the people that watch fireworks yes. and rhythmically go, ooh. Yes. Ah. Do you, ooh, trying to describe, ah, have you ever, like, can you I'm imagine like somebody trying myself. to describe a fireworks show where they go, oh yeah, and then it went poof. And then, they, <laughs> then another one went poof, 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 And then it blew up and it looked like a dandelion. I like, love those ones. I, I love the pop, pop, I love the I Here's my thing. They bring me no joy or wonder. They're fine, but like everybody plans their whole day around. As soon as you say there will be fireworks today, everyone like, where are we going to be when the fireworks happen? Well, we're at a party now, but the fireworks are going to be coming up soon. They're fucking, it's fire in the sky, you fucking simp. It's fire in the sky, Eric. I know, but have you seen like Avatar? Like, I guess in like the <laughs> 40s, fireworks was like a big deal, but like, Avatar. And that's your go to? Avatar? <laughs> yeah, Avatar, the true, the true technological wonders of Avatar. I mean, it kind of is. Have you seen 3D in the sky? <laughs> 
I mean, if you watch an episode of Raw, they have holograms up in that shit all the time. <laughs> Wait, those are I not holograms. Those are just giant people That's standing true. on top I, of everyone. They're inflatables. It's like the uh, Stridex blimp or whatever. <laughs> right, it's the belly buddy. <laughs> with more definition. All right, all right. So. Mankind rolls up this Dwayne Gale. The whole thing's over in a couple seconds. And the, again, given the indication of fans here is that the fix is in. Vince is pulling all the strings. This whole tournament is a sham. Yeah, it's fun. It's like an Iowa caucus. <laughs> hey This will all be really uh, relevant to This is all going to come out when, when Bernie will be basically the presumed nominee at this by Other oh, reason president. Tuesday. I was like, oh, I can't wait. No, by the time this comes out, it'll, it'll already be uh, after Super Tuesday. He'll have, won, he'll have swept. Oh, yeah. Let me just check real quick. When Speaking of fans, we're losing. Uh... <laughs> now we go backstage. Sable's yelling again. The only thing Jacqueline did was beep me off. She said dick fuck, right? <laughs> she dick fucked her off. Yeah, she, Jacqueline dick fucked me off with we, her. We all know Jacqueline shit. is a known dick fucker. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's very hard for me as a non-heterosexual, I guess, to gauge this. But, like, I think Jackie is a smoke show. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I, and watching this, like, no one had Jackie posters in their bedroom. Like, it wasn't, like, Sonny and Sable rivalry. Yeah. I was like, I mean, is it just latent racism or... I'm like, I think Jackie's a fucking smoke show. I'm surprised that she, and I don't think, and don't quote me on this, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, but I don't think she has a face run anytime that I remember being particularly meaningful. But she's dope. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Jackie just needs like a, like a, like a, like a, like a makeover, like a, like a haircut with bangs or something. But I just think that she's, I mean, her body is sick. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's oh, attractive. Yeah. She looks, and and she's also so much more talented than Sable in yeah. every measurable way. She's more charismatic. She's better a performer. She is like everything. And I, I and I get also I get the appeal of Sable. To get me wrong, yeah. but I don't understand. And so I get and I get why she's the bigger star or whatever. But it's really like no one was standing Jacqueline. I, I think I think there is. A, I mean, there is a, a latent racism element to it in that you know like. I mean, we look at you look at WWE today, and they're finally there are finally some people who are like darker skinned and like are and, and are you know faces and are considered to be like smoke shows. And it's not their character; the fact they're like you know what I mean, like giving like the gimmick of like oh you guys are like the street people, <laughs> and it's like oh Jesus, right? It's and like but you know I don't know. It was a shitty time back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I, that's probably what I it think. Is, I but... think you know, if you're not if you're not blonde and and if you're not either blonde or white, right? Then then like you're not being considered as. But much. man, I just I just want to put it out there. Jacqueline's fucking awesome, yeah. and uh, yeah, she's hot. It doesn't get a lot of doesn't get as much credit, and I think rewatching this and especially knowing... oh my god, well this the match that she has with Sable, uh, we'll get to that. But you know who's doing the work? Oh my god, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like she really doesn't get the. Credit the same way. Well, so, rewatches. I really just appreciated the. And now having a much better understanding as an adult of like what's happening behind the scenes in wrestling, like yeah. what really is, uh, is it such a more appreciation for her work. Yeah, and I guess she's getting it now from us. We yeah. love you, Jackie. And she came back for the first women's Royal Rumble, and she um is a Hall of Famer. Then we've got our next first round match: Jeff Jarrett versus Al Snow with Head, which is on the entire Chiron. I. Uh, I was really excited about this. I mean, fucking Al Snow just kills it immediately. He's so fun to watch. Um, I and like honestly, this match had like energy to it. Al Snow had so much energy going in. Both these guys are good. They're good workers. And Jeff Jarrett is finally. This is finally the gimmick we've been telling you about. Like this is yeah. finally like the iteration of Jeff Jarrett where he starts to to come into his own and be worth paying attention to. 
Uh, and a lot of it is thanks to Deborah McMichaels, uh, who's going by just Deborah here. She was a WCW person. There was a football player, um, Steve McMichaels, Steve Mongo McMichaels. Or Michael McDebrah. <laughs> like Shawn Michaels. Uh, see, uh, Steve Mongo McMichaels went by Mongo McMichael in WCW. He was a member of like the Four Horsemen iteration there. I wasn't watching this. This is just sort of like – and I, I remember being aware of this while it was happening because is, I had friends in w, watching WCW. Is he the one who was teamed up with J.J.? Over on WCW because I remember when when Jeff Jarrett first came to WWF, he cut a promo talking about how he was paired with some football player who doesn't even know how to wrestle. I, I honestly don't know as much, but okay. I just know that Deborah was married to Mongo McMichaels. That's how she ended up. She had a very similar story to Sable, where they signed him and they met his wife, and they were like, "You should be on television." Um, and she had kind of like a beauty queen thing. She was Queen Deborah there. Their marriage fell apart, and then they had nothing for her to do on TV. So she's, yeah. she was literally calling WWF every week and saying, like, do you have anything for me? Do you have anything for me? And every week they'd be like, not yet. I'm sorry. I got anything for you. But she called every week until finally something happened where they called and they're like, we have something for you. And that's where she is now. So okay. wait, why was this due to her? Like oh, Jeff- um, he, she really helps complete the character. I think I incomplete, incomplete just Jeff Jarrett's, like, whole thing. So gotcha. I think, like, she was the missing element that now he finally had – that, like – they tried Tennessee Lee and they tried Southern Justice. They tried pairing him with people to make him seem better. And like Jim Cornette. And so the, finally Deborah was the right piece. I see. And it, it doesn't really play out as much here, but you'll see it. But this is, this, is, this is a winning pair. So overall I found the match really quick but also entertaining. And it, sounded like, it seemed like they have to make it quick because holy shit, there's, there's so like many matches. matches. One thing I was a little bit annoyed. I mean this is – I'm just picking a little bit, but – there was a point where um, I think uh, Jeff Jarrett had a roll up on, like it was a roll up pin on um, on Al Snow, and then Al Snow reversed it. But basically, the way it got reversed, it looked like a very friendly roll up. It was like it was basically like uh, Jeff Jarrett was like, "Oh, now's the time where I go under you, and you yeah. roll, you roll me back." And like we we're both gonna hold our hands and feel like this is a roll down the hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were doing a little bit of like yeah, the, the little seesaw action. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like you can, I, it 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 smacked yeah. a little bit like that they were going a little fast, so they were like, we gotta do some slick stuff, and everybody's gonna make this look a little slick. There was also um, a spinebuster counter in this one here that I had no idea how physically it was supposed to hurt. I think it was supposed to hurt uh, Jeff Jarrett, and it just like. I think I think everyone got a got a little bit a, a case of the you know um, I don't know like they just they all just blew their load really quickly they were like ah oh, we got to do this we got to get out get in get out it was like they were probably told like you have five minutes yeah totally it was around this time that I first noticed the uh, the Kane mankind and Goldust super friends <laughs> in the uh, front row yes. yes oh my god first of all God bless the person i guess who who wears a mankind mask all through an entire pay-per-view i mean all that goldus makeup too and the wig True. and the robe and a cane mask well, i mean i would think the cane mask has the least like breathing to it yeah i guess i don't know something about the mankind mask really stuck out to me all right it's that it, it like at, at a certain point you're like become the mask you're one with the mask yeah it's like it's actually like jim carrey in the mask i was gonna make this my slammy uh but i think we can do it now instead because we're talking about it now because I was going to give it the be careful what you wish for slamming uh-huh. to those three guys they had a sentence that said Lawler make fun of us <laughs> so first of all what a low bar <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I thought instead maybe we all could just take a turn making fun of them <laughs> oh man it's what they wanted Okay, what would you like to like a bunch of like a bunch of losers that you're gonna spend all this money? How much? <laughs> how much did fucking tickets cost you to go to Survivor Series at the most popular time that WWF has ever had in history? And now you're going to have ringside seats 
facing the hard camera. Facing the you hard camera. You are going cam. to spend a lot of money because those were not like Target like plastic mask with like a rubber band behind it. No, 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 no. These were this was like full geesh, full makeup, full beat, total drag. Okay. And then to get there, and the goal is to hold up a sign in hopes that Jerry Lawler will roast you? <laughs> like, turn to page 15 in your book. Yeah, it's like, what are you taught? What is this? What a weird thing just because they, like, you're on TV and all you're doing is hiding all of your faces. Unless you were skipping out work to do this and you're like this is the only way we can enjoy ourselves and like not worry about getting this was, fired. it was actually zach morris screech and ac slater <laughs> and they had to skip a test in order to get there right mr belding is a big wrestling fanatic <laughs> and he's like oh those guys that, that hair looks kind of familiar <laughs> anyway which one is which i would say slater is kane oh uh uh screech is definitely mankind yeah, I guess Zach is cool. Does that make sense? That all tracks for me. I mean, Zach yeah. would be Shawn Michaels, but yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. A, it's not as much of a cover. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be him being him. Uh, but the finish of this match that we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> right. Unless we have something else? Nope. Anything else? No. Uh, it's kind of like a fun little uh, like signature weapon swap where Jarrett grabs head, uh, Al Snow grabs Jarrett's guitar, he swings at Jarrett, misses. Jarrett hits Al Snow in the back of the head with head, uh, knocks him to the turnbuckle. Al Snow's able to recover, though, grab the head, knock out Jarrett, get the pin. And what does Deborah know about head anyway? JR, okay, we need, I need a definition for Jezebel because every woman is a Jezebel at this point. Yeah. So is it just you're a woman? Yeah. yeah, I think Jr. has some like deep seated, or or that's the well he goes to. It's kind of like I feel like Tyler Perry has something like this too, where it's like there's always like a weird like there's like <laughs> certain things in his films where you're like, hmm. um, I think we know what Tyler Perry kind of has so, going on, right? I, I, Allegedly, I, I think there's like a similar thing where it's like all the women here are evil, and if you happen to have a vagina, you must be using it to manipulate the men around you, and be you know what I mean? And like, right? Whether it was Terry or whatever, like it's always like that Jezebel. We're getting together to watch that Tyler Perry movie, right? Oh, I fucking hope so. I want to watch oh, it yeah. so bad. I would do a double feature with that. And then there's also that one. What's the Tyler oh. Perry movie for the audience? Oh, uh, it's the newest one. It's the Netflix original. It's his first for Netflix. And it's like, obviously, he had no rain. Like, no one reined it in at all. And it's just batch. I said the link to the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. what it's called. There's, and there's oh, another. Oh, I do remember. Grace something? Grace? Under Grace? Sure. Grace Under Fire? It's, it's, yeah, it's Grace, Grace Under Fire. Fire. He's well, doing a reboot. It's got some dumb, shitty, punny name, okay? <laughs> But there's also that other one where it's called like Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. It has. It's called like there, there's like obsession or like scandal or something like that. But yeah, the, I and think the I subtitle is Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, where the woman literally cheats on her husband with the devil and gets AIDS. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, Double now I don't feature. have to watch it. <laughs> so then we go to Bossman versus Austin. I don't know where else to do. There's no segue from that. Yeah, this is less of a match, just more of an angle. Yep. Um, where was, briefly, where was Bossman before this? Like, before he came WCW. back? WCW. So he was in WCW. He was, he was WWF, then WCW, then back to WWF. Got it. He's back now in really good shape. Um, yeah, he looks He's good. down a lot of weight, and I like the new gimmick. I think we talked about it last episode, so I won't spend too much time on it. But Yeah. But however, I do want to talk about one of the guys in the next match. Um, you but, don't you don't want to talk about uh, the big boss man just like hopping his dick on Steve Austin's back for this one? <laughs> what is that move supposed to be selling? What is that move even? The 
So if I'm remembering correctly, it's like when he's uh, Austin's on the floor, he's like standing over him. He Here, like Eric and I will act it out for you. He like jumps and sits on him. Yeah, I'm not the horsey. Not even sits on him though. He just he just yeah, like he hits him with his tailbone, yeah. kind of. That's a thing I've seen that in yeah. a lot of wrestling for sure. But I thought it was a good physical match. Um, it was a good ending. It didn't take away anything from Boss Man. The important um, thing is that Boss Man ends this match by intentionally getting disqualified and then fight and then just yeah. beating Austin relentlessly with his nightstick. The idea being again, the fix is in. This is McMahon's crony. He's going to take out Austin so he doesn't have to do anything. It's like he can't win that title. There was later. something in that imagery where where the crowd is cheering because they've just announced that Austin won, but Austin is at the same time getting choked out by Bossman. And then he was saying, I can't breathe, and you know what it reminds me of. Oh, yikes. I'm just doing on my it, impression of, I'm doing my impression of Aaron uh, reading modern no. theory, modern things into this. Oh, no, do not put that shit on me, Eric Silver. <laughs> Okay, you can cut that. I, I'll cut that. Um, no, keep it in. That's your secret shame. Not uh, even secret. What was I going to say? Oh, I, I kind of thought it would be funny if Austin just got the belt through everybody beating him senseless <laughs> and disqualifying themselves. He's just like bloody and a stump by the end of the night, but he's got the belt. It's like the uh, the Black Knight fight in the Holy Grail. Right. Then... Uh, Eric, you get introduced to Steven Regal in his match He's against a X. Man. I, I mean, I love the song. Yeah, it's a good man. It's a good song. Such uh, a man. Like, were we all singing it afterwards? Uh, well, um, this might help uh, flesh this out a little bit. Steven Regal, also WCW export, um, very well regarded over there. The problem is Steven Regal at this point has put on a lot of weight, has a lot of drug problems right now. He is chugging this like over-the-counter GHB like thing that's visibly making him sick. He's getting pneumonia. He's popping pills. He's doing. He can't. He, he's getting clonopin for sleep. It's bad. Like, and WWF was like not prepared because he did not have a reputation for being bad. He was had a very good reputation for WCW, but he put on a ton of weight. He's in terrible shape, which is why they have him all covered up. And uh, he's struggling with a huge drug problem to the point where not long after this, and this isn't really a spoiler either. Um, he will be taken aside and sent to re- They'll be like, you. no one wants to work with you. You're unsafe. You're a danger to yourself and others, and you need to go to rehab right now. He was – I mean, this was a bad match. He hates this well, gimmick. It was, a, like, it was a real well, I don't know. cool I, down. I, at first, I don't know. I think the match was cartoonish, but I thought that these two guys definitely had chemistry I at the, the same match. time. I don't like the ending. No. Or I'm still, double elimination. I'm still sucked. well. No, I'm fine with with double elimination. I think is great, and giving Austin the bye, I think is great. Um, I'm just very confused with what happened after. It was that. a shit house. <clears throat> it was a it was a total fuck up. Like basically, every, there's there's two big fuck ups in this show. This is one of them. They call for the the end result of this match was always going to be thrown out. Yeah, always. But then they did – they tried to do this, like, five minutes extra time thing. But the thing is, X-Pac was hurt, and he's like, I'm not wrestling anymore. Like, we're done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Like, he, was, he got hurt from wrestling. Yeah, not, not a bad injury. Like, I don't think it even sets him off the – puts him off the um, – on the shelf button for any amount of, extended amount of time. But you can see he has he has a really – he has a bad neck. Uh-huh. He broke his neck before coming – right, right before he came. And you can see him really holding his neck. I think, I think it was after – because I, I always watch when I think someone got injured, and I try to find, like, the spot where I think they got injured – and I think it was when he took um, that sort of like double underhook, uh, super double underhook suplex off like the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, Regal gave him that, and I think that's when he started holding his neck. And I think he took a bad landing and hurt, hurt his neck, at least like upset it enough to be like, uh, I'm not talking about this anymore. Yeah. Well, I thought it was funny because, so just for people who are watching at home, 
Um, they they basically get counted out outright. They get counted out outside the ring. Double elimination. Uh, Xbox headed on the way out, and then Vince. We have Vince Cam, and Vince is like, no, no, we can't end this. And then they they he sends them down to declare sudden death overtime. Sudden death overtime. The first person to lose loses for real. <laughs> Oh, man, it's better than than college overtime rules where they, they <laughs> yeah, each they have each a chance to pin the other one. <laughs> like what the? F- it, it's it's truly, you know that postal service song where he talks about about like uh, scoring. It was like scoring a goal in in like double overtime or whatever. It was some. It was basically something where. Like you can tell that the guy just doesn't know sports because he was completely mixing metaphors or mixing sports things. I, I probably would have known it if you sang it, Eric, because as we all know, you have perfect pitch. It's been a while since we brought that up. I haven't had. I you know what? I haven't had He's song. He's his instrument. <laughs> I haven't had. I haven't had song in my heart. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's weird that Regal, who went back in the ring for the sudden death overtime, and and X Pac, who went to the back, wasn't considered the winner of this match. Yeah, and then Regal runs after it. It was really kind of funny at the end, but stupid. Yep. Coming up next, Shamrock versus Goldust. I didn't like this match. I thought it went on too long. I, they gave these guys a lot of time, and I don't think they had great chemistry. I wrote, who cares? Yeah, I was so is. bored immediately. And also... Unlike JJ and Al Snow, which similarly, none of these guys are going to win. Like we know that Cham- it's not Shamrock yeah. and Goldust are not going to be major players in this tournament. So why are you, my watching yeah. so much of this? The problem with the tournament in general, like from a from a macro perspective, is that like a lot of the big matches were ones that I kind of already we, you see a lot of these matches. So like you, there what kind of like I think you hit on it, Bobby. There's there wasn't this sense of like oh. It's going to be such a big surprise. It could be it's any gonna, of the six. It's, yeah, who knows? It could be Jeff Jarrett. Like, it's going to come down to, like, four people. Well, I, yeah, but, I mean, there are a couple surprises. It's, it's you can but, Kane, but, Undertaker, but Mankind, Austin, The Rock. I mean, we know those are the five right. on different level than everybody else in the tournament. But yes. we can say the same thing about the Royal Rumble, which still is my favorite event every single year, that there are only five people who are going to win the Royal Rumble. But no. you don't always know who's coming out. But also the, the fun of the Rumble, though, isn't even who's going to win. The Rumble itself is so fun. These are just matches. And we okay, can't... no, okay. So here's here's my thing. I Like, in these tournaments, I think that the problem is they miss out on opportunities to let these guys shine in some great matches. Like, this, yes. like the most recent King of the Ring tournament, all those matches were so short and gave had opportunities for um, guys you don't see as often on the roster to to shine. I think that Shamrock versus Goldust, I think, could have worked better here with a better worked out match. That's and, all. But also, like, what are the face and heel alignments in this match? Uh, I would say that Goldust is a face and Shamrock's the heel. I don't think that's how they were wrestling. I don't think that, they, that, that to me, like... But I don't think anyone's wrestling as a face and a heel right now. But Goldust is, as a character is so muddy, and Shamrock's character is not his strength. Um... I don't know. I just didn't. I just didn't vibe it. I didn't like it. No, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't interested in it at all. I mean, I can tell Shamrock's star is in the in the decline declination. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Um, I'm not here to defend this match. I'm here to defend the idea that tournaments can work. 
I guess. Oh, I mean, sure. I <laughs> love tournaments, and I love. I mean, like think of the Mae Young Classic, think of the Cruiserweight Classic, think of the Dusty Cl- the Dusty Tag Team Tournament they do. I love that shit. I love it. I think King of the Ring is a good one because usually King of the Ring is, is all mid card guys, so it, you really don't know what it's gonna be. Um, but this with the title on the line, it did take some of the tension out, and it does seem weird. Like why we if you on a match with fourteen on a card with fourteen matches, why are we watching Jeff Jarrett versus El Snow? And I, at least that one had a little TV build to it, though a little bit of a rivalry between yeah. them that was playing out. Yeah, Shamrock and Goldust felt like a real like wow wow. I wish they had developed the mankind Dwayne Gill thing, like just really. <laughs> well, I don't know because we're getting very close to the second round, and I'm gonna revisit some of these ideas when we get into the second round. Okay. Um, last in the first round, though, we've got Rock versus Big Boss Man. Rock versus Triple H. The Rock versus Triple H. Triple H is out on the knee injury, so who do we have instead? Chopping crotches and telling Big everybody boss. to suck it. Big Boss Man. Oh, oh, the Stooges. The st- oh, right, right, right. Pat and Jerry, man. Yes, they do come out. Not the first time Pat Patterson has told somebody to suck it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a guess. Just by, a guess. By no the judgment. Way, Just a I, guess. I love the way that. Um, Gerald Briscoe says anything. McMahon, Mr. McMahon, McMahon. It's like We're Pac-Man. Gonna wrestle, Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon. Without a wrestle. Yeah, I, I thought when when Big Boss Man came back, I was like, this is a real grab ass pay per view. Like they're just like, we got things, we got all kinds of things. But this is again, we're gonna play Doctor Manhattan here. We'll put a pin in that yeah. in that particular moment. Well, but, for later. but let's take a pin out and talk about this. At, no, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about why it's not yes, a grab-ass yes. pay-per-view well, later. Well, but. but no, but no, but even this right here, big boss man coming out as like like the mini boss that Rock has to fight through. Rock is over huge with the crowd, yeah. and that inside cradle pin right there is great. Yes. So the rock, uh, on, point, like without anything that happens later in the, yes, day. the rock at this point going into this pay-per-view is surging as a face. He's divorced from the nation of domination. He is just coming into his own as the people's, uh, like re- representative. He's going to be the people's champion. He's the people, he has the people's elbow, the people's eyebrow. He's kind of created his own man of the people, uh, a different flavor than Austin's, which is so like salt of the earth, blue collar. The Rock is almost like a Hollywood star for the people, not unlike the Rock we have today. Right. Uh, and so he's in, and everyone expects him and Triple H to have a great, you know, uh, rematch. They have that great match. It's, they just for finishing a great program. So the fix is in again. So here's here's Vince and the Stooges being like, "Oh no, Rock, you're not gonna get a bye to the next round that easy. You're gonna have to fight the big boss man." And out comes Big Boss Man, and The Rock rolls him up in four seconds. Yeah, there's no match. It's basically just boom, and that's it. And everyone loses their shit. The Rock's mannerisms after he pins him, like, and this is The Rock does this all the time. This is this is this is why The Rock is such a fucking star that that no one comes close to because every single moment he's on camera, he's electric. He's like, not, yeah, your eyes are drawn to him. He is the way he like. Positions his body and the tension in his face and the the, I, I, the way uh, he moves. Bobby's gesticulating as he talks. And it, not a visual medium. It's yeah. worth. Uh, no, I think that when you're you're impre- doing impressions of the Rock, people can picture it. Yeah. Okay, okay, just making um, sure. And just worth saying right now because we spent so much time focused on the Austin McMahon rivalry that there is a Rock McMahon rivalry going on on Raw as well, and and. McMahon tried to screw him out of his place in this tournament, um, and he had to fight his way back in in order to get his spot back. 
which it also makes sense to the McMahon character on its face to think that um, with awesome running roughshod, you're going to want to squelch any other kind of rebellion that you, you might see cropping up. So on to the second round. Yeah, yeah. let's go. First up, we had Taker versus Kane. Who had a, both had a buy from the first round, which makes sense as they were like in the last three title matches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, each time they should have been the at champion. First I was like, wait, why are they getting a buy? And I was like, honestly, they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> they've been through a lot. They've been through hell, literally, yeah. to get here. Uh, both lost their parents. And boy, this match sucked. Sorry, I thought it was boring as shit. I don't know. Yeah, I, was, I was bored. I was making dinner during this one, so uh, that's <laughs> why I have no notes. I was trying to get through like a crossword on the, on the New York Times app, and I was like, uh, I guess I guess I should pay attention. Um, I I will note here. This is the point where I'll make my my um, last week. I alluded to this. Um, I think the whole I don't understand the whole Paul Bearer. You know, now he's aligned with Undertaker against his son, and it's just like. When you guys come up with things like, he's actually my son, like, figure, like, just keep another bullet in the chamber for yourself. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good, it, you know what I mean? Like, like, just like have an exit plan, have an exit strategy. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I, you're, I don't disagree with you, of course. I think that's a, a 100% right. I think a lot of times they, the excuse they give themselves is because it's live and because there's like injuries and things the best laid plans are constantly falling apart. So booking out too thoughtfully then is a waste of, it's a waste of energy. I don't think that, but here's the thing. I think, I think like this person is kin is like, uh, like if you're going to, if you're going to make that move, then fine. At that point, at that point, say, just think to yourself, well, look, maybe he, maybe they won't be aligned always. And maybe he'll be aligned against him. What do we have another, do we have a way out of this? I'm not, I'm not well, saying like, like, oh, plan everything. But you Ooh. know what no one does? No one keeps like a continuity book. You know what I mean? Like any, like a series Bible. Right. You know what I mean? Like on Game of Thrones, they know like so-and-so begot so-and-so. And that way we and they can go back and they can check Star Wars universe. They can go back and there's like an official compendium someone has access to that has all of these decisions and everything is like, can be referenced. Yeah, but, but. Uh, and they don't, they don't but do JR, that. JR called it out. He's like, I can't believe he's going after his son like that. Like, they call it out so they are aware. And I feel like Paul Paul Bearer's uh, character, to this point, he has been billed as opportunistic and whatever he has to do to push himself forward. He has hidden his son away for all these years because he had the Undertaker. And the Undertaker is the phenom. And the Undertaker is the one who, who, can, who gets things done. So the Undertaker turned his back on Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer came out with the truth that it was the Undertaker that burned things down. And Undertaker, at that point, who was the face, is now revealed to be a shady liar who didn't, who says he didn't do those things. Now that Taker is willing to embrace that dark side, and Kane, we've seen, is a little bit less, more reluctant to do so, Paul Bearer goes back to the one that can get him where he wants to go. And his he leaves his son behind. Yeah, I guess I. You know, I I feel like I'm. I I think you know you're you're doing the work that they could be doing. Also, yeah. You know, like you're you're writing a lot of that story, and they're not telling a lot of that story. So, like, sure, that is one way of looking at it. But again, when the medium is pulling stories from from like most of the storytelling is done with two guys in the ring and their moveset and their actions and all of that and the promos do the filling in there's still 
there's always going to be work that you need to do yeah, with but wrestling. I think you could I think promos could fill in some of those things. I feel I feel like, you know, he could say like, you know, they could like here's the thing. When you have a guy, when you have a Michael Cole or whoever the fuck they they have on WWE now who literally is just like, "What are you thinking?" Like you could have a person like pose that question to lay out to to lay up that uh, that justification. Yeah, you could say, "Hey, w- like wait a minute, like Paul Bearer, like you were, isn't he your son? Why are you going against your son?" And he could say, "Listen, this is not about family. This is about business, and I need to I need to align myself with the person who gets me there." That's all you need to say. It's just like you're both right, but I want I, I'm wondering if there this is an issue of Aaron watching the Raws and you not watching the Raws, and I wonder if you're getting some story filling from the, some of these like non deep dive. Topics maybe. over the course of the Raws that maybe you don't realize that you have a little bit more context than you do because both of you were saying both of your points are, are that I, I find them both valid at the same time. So I don't. Well, I mean, I was expecting like I was expecting Aaron to kind of be like, oh yeah, uh, he actually On brought up these things, but like I don't know, I'm not sure because it again it seemed like Jr. and and Lawler weren't really sure here's, about why. Here's what I'll tell you from the Raws. Um, Undertaker says he he's taken Paul Bearer like after all the betrayal, he's taken Paul Bearer back. Because Paul Bearer is so despicable, and he's the only one who can run his Ministry of Darkness. He actually says, Cain never understood the darkness. <laughs> you really adopted the Cain. <laughs> um, he admits that he's the one who set the fire. Um, and, and so, again, we're just getting a darker Undertaker. I and see. I think that Paul Bearer just fits in better with that. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I under- There's a bit and, of a double turn on there, building. And... At the yeah. same time, what we have to remember is that wrestling is so popular right now. They don't give a fuck as long as people keep turning in. No, I know. I... And, and I know it's our job to give a fuck. Yeah. And it's our job to, to be like, you should have given a fuck. Yeah, like, you know, I'm I'm always – it's like the, the reason why – you know, like the first few Michael Bay movies were the ones that made Michael Bay movies fun. And then the later Michael Bay movies are the ones that make you go – fuck i kind of hate michael bay and it's because he you know when people rest on their laurels and they have like some you know they just try to get away with some bullshit you're like well this isn't why we liked it in the first place like the things that i like about wrestling are when they do come up with these like really really cool angles and and like tell good stories and you know, we've had some real ups and downs with the, the the Undertaker's life. Some of it's like fun to make fun of. Some of it's like it, sometimes it got good, and then sometimes it just it's just like uh, you know General Hospital. Like there's a you know you're he's in a coma now he's down a mine shaft and he, it is, I mean that is it. I, I think you can't hold on to the facts, especially when it comes to Undertaker and his backstory. I think as closely. I think no, they you do. Really it's almost like it's much closer to comic books. Where it's like in this interpretation, actually, Wa- uh, Wanda is Magneto's daughter, but really though she's a clone, and really though it was a, it was an alternate reality, you know what right. I mean? And so I kind of feel like they do a lot of that. So you can't even really get married to one interpretation because it kind of depends on who the writers are at the time, and yeah. they they're gonna change history based for this character on whatever they feel like. Right, Ray is actually uh, she she actually is the daughter of Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> exactly. uh, not a nobody. Should we cut that? Is that too much of a spoiler? 
a oh, recent no. spoiler? The the real spoiler of the of the Star Wars movie is going to see Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> you did not hear it here first. Yeah, no, you heard, like, <laughs> you this heard is it really, a lot of times This before. is the coolest thing. I heard it here first. All right. Let's get to something a lot more fun. <laughs> yes, please. Mankind versus Al Snow. Oh. Do you see the huge Foley is God sign out in the audience? Yes. It doesn't matter that he... The audience hates Vince McMahon with such passion, and it doesn't matter. Mick Foley is that good that he can get over, even while aligned with the devil himself. Yeah, he. Um, I was super excited for this match. I think I feel like I was seeing something in the Raws. I feel I feel like they yep. team up at some. Yeah, a hundred percent. And because that's the point. One of the points that I want to make. Each one of these second round matches has been built to and has story behind it and has history to it. Yeah. So I, that's why I want to forgive some of the early round bullshit because they were definitely had a plan and they were definitely building to these things oh, and working things into the Raws in order to make these things happen. Um, I thought uh, this match, I mean, it, it was a relatively shorter match, but I thought it was fun. And Can you trace the location of Sako? I don't understand what happened with this. I think I know a little bit. I think I, I think I got it picked up from a commentary Phil like said, but like, could you? I, I don't have a, a three sixty. I like a, I need like a ten thousand foot view. Uh, I don't know the moment right? when suck, but we all got the moment there because with the most unnecessary cutaway ever. So okay, so what I remember is in the deep dive. I believe at some point it was like probably maybe after Vince pissed his pants, something like that. I remember there was a point like where mankind was saying like, "Where's Mr. Sacco? I can't like yeah, I, I can't find that him." Because okay. I, I, you know what? There was a. I think I, I accidentally wa- like watched a little, a little bit more yeah, of something yeah, yeah, yeah. else. And I at one point clip. he was he went through a laundry basket and he tried what? pulling out a a sock and the sock was a clean sock. He's like, this isn't Mr. Sacco. Yeah, I've seen, I saw that and then I saw the part on this where Vince is, Vince is like, ah, that's right, I did it. I, I was the, it to the I head. was the one who tied it to I the head. I tied it to the head he's going to go crazy. He, with, like, with all the subtlety of Taka saying that Mrs. Uh, Yamaguchi's sister. son is my sister. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, know if there was a clip of him actually grabbing it i don't know if there was a clip of him finding head and tying it yeah that's what i'm like if there was i never noticed it but i did notice during because there were a lot of interactions between the two of them that um it was tied around the head at one point but doesn't Al Snow notice it's not around? And is he like, isn't this no, my Al friend? Al Snow's just so excited to be there, man. Or is he just so crazy that he it doesn't even occur to him? Yeah, he's, crazy. he's just so crazy. He yeah. had a side ponytail. He's crazy. Yeah, he had, like, weird things going on. I liked it. I loved it. I loved it so much. Even when he came on, when he came out, Nathan was like in the room and he was watching. And when Al Snow came out, Nathan immediately went ha and like was just happy. Like, yeah. I was like, you like that? He's like, yeah, he seems cool. I'm like, he does seem cool. He no, is cool. I, it's amazing that I watched him as Leaf Cassidy and was like, I hate this dude. And I and I see him now and I'm like, I love him. I literally love him. I love that. Uh, um, okay. Here's here's what I got. On October 26th, he definitely still had Sako. And by November 2nd, he can't find Sako. Great. All right. So somewhere between then. Um, what I liked about this match was it felt very Shakespearean because they, were, they had this whole like, they were, you know, like... Vince is, is plotting is like oh wait till he finds him and you're like man how is how is like mankind in the middle of this wrestling match gonna notice that like that head has Sako tied around it uh, uh, around her head 
Um, and so Al Snow is like attacking mankind. So it was like Sokko over Mr. No, sorry. It was Al Snow had head. He was trying to swing at mankind. And I think mankind like gets, what does he do? He does. He like drops them. Right. I don't remember. It was like some kind of like a suplex or something, but in the suplex at like when Al Snow drops the head, Mankind picks it up and you see this moment where he's staring at it and he's like, oh my God, he gets so upset and he, first of all, removes up Mr. Sacco, but then he is punching head, stepping on head, like puts head on the ground, stepping on head. Al Snow like gains his senses, figures out, figures out what's happening and now, you know, has to run to head's defense and then it becomes Mr. Sacco versus head. My question is, did Vince think this does Vince doing this to sabotage Mick or to inspire Mick? to inspire Mick. okay 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 yeah. that also I think definitely to inspire Mick totally clear to me well I guess yeah. that's why they did the cutaway in there because again I I could have but even still if you just if you isolate just what he says and the way he's saying it out of context you're like he could mean that as wait till he sees he's gonna go nuts it's like and then he's gonna throw the match or he's gonna like he, just, he, he doesn't like mankind and so I'm like I don't get what I'm supposed to be feeling here. This was just like this Al Snow and Mankind really gelled for me in this. I really enjoyed this match. Yes. Um, Vince's meddling in it was too, too if, confusing. If, if you me. try to put it into a greater cosmology of, of the death game or whatever, sure. <laughs> deadly game. <laughs> deadly game. If you try to put it into the cosmology, uh, cosmology of it, I don't know if it quite makes a lot of sense. Um, but, I guess the thing I liked was just how that little bit played out. It was it, it was almost like watching, uh, you know, Kofi get almost eliminated from a Royal Rumble and seeing what he does, and like you know, to, so I'm like, oh, that's fun. But yeah, I agree. I don't. None of it made it. it, it yeah, none of it made sense, especially in retrospect when we know what happens later. I think I I completely disagree. Um, I think like I, I think that. And maybe this is something to talk about later on when we get to to the reveal of later. But I think that this is Vince McMahon trying to get it no like whichever way. Oh, you mean like stack the deck? Stacking yeah. the deck, yeah. 100%. He's, and we'll talk about it later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I just, I just didn't. His, his the actual machinations were were particularly, and that's why I was checking. I'm like, is there something I missed on the rock? No. I just feel like this piece of it. So much of this felt so. The pieces were so good and smart that it just felt this stuck out to me as not good. Also, um, um, so the the match ends with um, mankind submits Al Snow using the mandible claw. He's got Sako all the way down his throat. Um, at one, did you guys notice that it looked like like Al Snow was laughing while he was like recovering? Or he might have been gagged. You know, I think he was. Also, he's crazy. Okay, I love and, it. And they're such good Great friends. Touch. And also, Sako was Al Snow's idea. And is this the first time we saw the mandible claw with Sako? No. No. Okay. What do you mean the mandible? Oh, not the first time. Yeah, with Sako it's, it's on. happened before. Okay. Yeah. Um, which then brings us to Shamrock versus Rock. Yeah, Battle of the Rocks. Uh, the the world is a very different place than it was a few months ago. Um, Shamrock is now next to the Rock, reviled. Yeah, it's crazy. I thought this was a fun match. Yeah, I actually thought it was the. I thought it was one of the better matches. I thought Rock really sold 
the ankle lock that he was putting. He, I mean, obviously he fucking just sells it. Well, I mean, lock. Rock and Shamrock have at this point just have fantastic chemistry. They know each other's yeah. moveset so well. They're not going to put on a bad match. It was also just old tape. They they just <laughs> they just got a, a previous match and they're like, yes, this is the Rock. He's in an ankle lock. And this was a great finish. Yep. Oh my god, it was a great finish. So now, as we've discussed, the fix is in. The Rock is the people's champ. Vince was trying to stop him, stop Austin at any cost. So the match is, is you know, they're having a very intense physical match. Bossman comes down while the ref is distracted. Bossman throws the nightstick into the ring toward Ken Shamrock to then use and knock out The Rock and knock him out of the tournament. However, The Rock, uh, of course, intercepts, uses his football, his football skills, intercepts the nightstick. Hits Shamrock with it, steals the pen. Bossman is like, oh, fuck, what did I do? It's really good. Um, even the crowd goes fucking crazy. Even down to the part where, like, where Bossman set that that night, that nightstick up was, like, it looked like it was for Shamrock. Yeah. It was, like, I mean, you know, they probably all play football, so he knew how to, he knew how to set that thing up. Like so, it looked like a pass, but it was there for Rock to. They grab. showed us two angles of this catch. There's the hard camera, and there was one that I want to say is almost like where the commentary uh, tables are on that like lower, like the timekeepers area almost, mm-hmm. in that lower right corner. If you're looking down the screen, um, and I think it looked really cool in the hard camera. I think it looked a little less impressive in oh. the other angle. Uh-huh. Uh, on the hard camera, it looked like he grabbed it. It was like a real, like a real fucking classic interception, like highlight real shit. Yeah. But from the other the other camera, it didn't look as cool. It was still pretty cool though. It was a little bit like when when I think it was Hawk like with the that that gif with the chair where he hits the rope and and it flies up in the air and he catches it. Oh no, it was a 2 by 4 Yeah. The 2 by 4 yeah, bounces and he catches it. Yeah, so I got we, nothing else to say on this one. Rock is moving on. Yep. Yeah, it's good. On to the then we get a brief respite from the tournament for the women's title match. Sable versus Jacqueline. Jacqueline is the heel champ. Um, Sable, of course, is the entire reason why this title was resuscitated in the first place and brought back. Um, so, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about this. I mean, Sable <sighs> is not Sable is not good. Right. And I don't know if Sable yeah. ever gets good, right. but Sable is not good. But she is a huge star. I mean, she damn near. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt when she went outside and gave the powerbomb to Mark Marrow. But it was one of those moments while I was happening. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Because yeah, it did it not look scary. like he was making it all the way out. It didn't look good. The TKO looked bad. TKO right looked like start. shit. But Jacqueline, I mean, that was, it's all safe. I mean, Jacqueline yeah. did did her damnedest in yep. this. I mean, in Marrow, that Sable Bomb, she gave him nothing. I mean, she gave him nothing. Oh, yeah, basically. And he couldn't even, like, if you watch them pick a power bomb, they'll, like, the person who's giving the power bomb is, like, in a squat, and the person yeah. who is taking the power bomb is going to post off of their thighs. So they require, like, a real deep squat and, like, some leg strength so they can, you know, Cirque du Soleil style, like, push off their... Yeah. And you could tell, like, Mara couldn't even do that on Sable. Like, so he just had to try... I mean, it was scary to watch. Yeah, no, Mar- Mara looked like he did, like, an assisted forward flip. Yeah, like, he did, like, but gymnastics like, practice. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, like, but somehow where it was... Like the assistance was actually worse for him. Yeah, a hindrance. Um, Jack, yeah, that shit wouldn't have worked on Cheer. <laughs> yes, for sure. I haven't watched it. Not a stunter. <laughs> I watched one episode and it's so good that I was like, I have to wait to watch this. Not yeah, these guys are not stunters. She's not a stunter or a stumbler. Um, Natalie is begging me to watch it. It's so good. 
anyway, um, Jacqueline is, I, you can, this is, the other matches when you called it out, I was like, oh, that was, you know, yeah, I, I, I see. Like, I see how, you know, Sable is made to look really good. Here you really can see Jacqueline is working overtime to make Sable look good. Jacqueline, Jacqueline's Luna. truly throwing herself around the ring to get Sable over. But it, it does explain and make a lot of sense in like why Sable had so much heat backstage with the other women. I mean like I'd be pissed too if like I was someone like Jacqueline who like spent years training training with men Man, men yeah. by like re- really like she fought yeah. intergender matches in WCW. Right. Um she's a total badass but like Luna Vachon third generation like devoted to the crap like devoted to the art of this. Right. And I get like being mad that she's here and she's not good. Doesn't care. Yeah. I did think the uh the sable hair that was weaved into her head as it was falling out looked like a fake beard from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Well, I mean, the thing is, like, she's got fake sable hair, but then Sable's wearing so much fake sable hair that's like, honestly, <laughs> what's the point? It's, like, yeah, the there's enough to impact. go around. Yeah. Uh, it was quick. It was quick. Sable won. We talked about it alone in the, mar- in the match last week. <laughs> it was like a three and a half minute match. So Sable wins. She's the champion. Everyone's happy. Hooray. Pal- palate cleanser. This is kind of like the, the big face win that just said the, the, the fans home with something. Then we got Austin uh, versus McMahon next. Austin versus Mankind. Yep. Yes. Austin. And then, I mean, in a way, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is something. I I love Mick getting more and more of the tuxedo ripped off of him as the night goes on. Yes. Like him becoming Mankind, like the real Mankind throughout the night. It's a lot like the Joker. Stripped of all the, cor- <laughs> of all the corporate fineries. <laughs> Any man you. can have a bad day. Oh. Any mankind can have a real bad day. Um, but this is a great physical, intense match for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really buy mankind afraid, but whatever. Yeah, there was that one moment where he ran out of the ring or yeah. whatever. But that was that was sort of strange. Uh, Jr. says the corporate champion for the first time here when he's talking about mankind and his chances of, of winning the whole thing. Maybe, yeah. Oh, right, because there, yeah, because it was like, kind of like, this is it. They kept being like, this could be it. One more thing, and you know, like, if, if he can make Austin submit, then he he's it. He'll be the champion. They, I, I forgot, I was just, re, just rethinking about this match. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff where it was basically like, you know, mankind giving him his worst and, and like, Austin kind of being able to pull out of it. Uh-huh. And then Austin hits Mankind with the stunner on the chair, and it's fuckery. It's fuckery. Fuckery abounds. Goes to the cover. Referee goes to pin. Vince McMahon drags the referee up. Cold cocks him. And I think just like a fucking shoot punch, man. <laughs> that looked like a fucking shoot punch. Knocks the ref out. Kicks him while he's down. Austin's like, Austin and Mankind going at it. Austin hits a second stunner. Goes to the pin. There's no ref. Here comes the freshly demoted Shane McMahon, who's been demoted to a referee. Not only a referee, but had a, had a referee the women's match, which they like made a point to seem like that's like the lowest of the low of sure. refereedom. Yeah, it's to, to, I mean honestly though to ref a Sable match. Maybe. <laughs> um, so out comes Shane. You're like, oh my god, finally this beautiful like here you go, kid. Here's a Steve Weiser. Like uh, here's looking at you. You know, like that whole relationship. Out comes Shane with his little stupid baby face and his blowback hair, and he hits the one, he hits the two, and then stops. And Austin's not even looking. What I love about this, too, and 
it's one of my least favorite tells in wrestling, and I understand why it's a camera thing for me. I hate when you can see the person getting pinned staring at the referee because you know they're going to yeah. get the two count, and they're yeah. trying to make it as close as possible. It really takes me out of it. But what I loved about this cover is Austin's not even looking at Shane. Like, Mankind is out because he has nothing to do here, so he looks unconscious. Austin is turning the other way because he's like, I got, like, does he, wouldn't even consider he has to, why would he watch his hands uh-huh. go down? And then when it's going, Austin's like, where's that third count? I was supposed to, one, two, wait a minute, what? Uh, he turns to Shane. Shane flips him off and jumps out of the ring. Now, this is where things fall apart. So what was supposed to happen at this moment is as Shane is giving him the finger and getting out of the ring, Big Boss Man is supposed to be sneaking up behind Austin and attacking him. And Boss Man's supposed to take him out. So what happened was before this match, uh, the Stooges, Shane, Vince, whoever, everyone's in gorilla position, so right behind the curtain, ready to go out for the match, do what they have to do. Everybody's there. All of a sudden, it comes time for the spot in the match, and everyone's like, holy shit, where the fuck is Big Boss Man? Taking a big shit. Where is Big Boss Man? He was going to talk. He was talking to the next person about his match. He like just he had, there was just like a miscommunication. Like he had asked like, "Oh, do I have time to talk to this do my next spot with Undertaker before or whatever?" And they're like, "Sure, or whatever." But whatever it was, like the producer who was Bruce Pritchard at the time thought that he went down with everybody else and then did. So no one like thought about it until it was time to do the spot and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, where is he? He's like not out here at all." And like we don't know where he is to tell him to go out there. And so then like he was in the back and could run out. Everyone was like, "What do we do?" Uh- and that's why you have that sort of like weird, slow Gerald Briscoe kind of gets it with a chair and hits the weakest ass chair shot. It's known as the Tinker around the world because <laughs> he hits him with like the gentlest, ginger, most ginger little chair shot. So wait, Briscoe hit who? Austin. Austin with a chair shot. And then eliminates him. And that essentially is what knocks Austin out of the tournament. Everybody come out then. But that was the uh was supposed to happen and then jared briscoe of course is not prepared for this they don't have time you can even and if you watch back this mat the end of the match you can see like shane kind of stalling and shane doesn't know how to take bumps at this point he's not like shane isn't trained so austin can't like attack him so it doesn't make sense why isn't austin chasing him out of the ring because he's supposed to have been attacked by now so they're all like they don't know what to do no one knows what to do (laughs) the communication of it going around and then Briscoe gets in there, has to hit him with a chair. Austin gets his hand up, but Austin didn't know that chair shot was coming. And that's why And Briscoe knows that this is the literal like golden goose here at WWF and right. has a bad neck. Uh-huh. Right. And so it, just wild, just wild. But that's why that's the end of this match. But what was the boss man was supposed to be there and wasn't, and it was a huge fuck up and everyone was very angry. A little, little history for you. Wow. For your nerves. Great story. It's not mine. I picked it up uh, from everywhere else. I do various podcasts and biographies. But we're like kind out. of a, we're kind of a podcast aggregator right here. <laughs> yeah, I guess you so. don't have time to listen to all those other podcasts. Listen to us tell you what they tell you. About yeah, we listen podcasts. to it, so you don't, don't have, have to. to. <laughs> and then we've got Rock versus Taker. Um, I don't have a lot of comments from the actual match, but I love that they talk about the McMahon Mansion, which I think should just be called a McMansion. I <laughs> had the same thing. <laughs> Is that oh, your? That. Was no, that your okay no, no. I actually don't have one. I'm still trying to come oh, up with boy. one. Oh <laughs> boy, you're really doing your homework last minute. What for Slammies? Yeah. yeah. I thought you had one written in here. No. Oh, that's for that's the last one. Yeah. Uh, well, I also don't have one. So it's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun ending. Anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't have much on this. Um, I liked. Rock calling Paul Bear a big fat piece of shit. A little yeah. bit of uh, yes. more fun lip yes. reading. At first, I was like, "Oh, is he saying that to Big Boss Man?" But then I was like, "Oh no, he was aiming it at at, uh, at Bear." 
Because Big Boss Man, man, he just keeps showing up everywhere. But wait, did he come out for this one? Was he like, was he coming out late? He did come out in this one, and then I want to go back to that later. I, I'm a little confused about the ending. I have, yeah. I have some questions about the ending of this match, so I'd love to pick your brains. But anyway, uh, Kane attacks The Rock, allowing for Taker to be disqualified, and The Rock goes on to the finals to face Mankind. Yeah. Oh, it, I just filled it in my head. Now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can talk about it later. We can talk yeah. about it now. But um, Mankind has a really good promo. Again, it was a really, I mean, I don't know. He's just, he just always knows what he's Oh, is this the one where he's like, you can smell what the sock is cooking? Oh, yeah. That was a really good promo. Yeah. And what also, was he, what was he wearing? Uh, uh, what was he wearing? I, I think like Tim Donnelly had that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it a shirt or a jacket? I don't know. It was, I it was, it was like, purple. I, like I thought there was some paisley he, on it. Yeah. Did, didn't he also say something about like I will like climb any rock or to get there? Like he kind of did a pun on the rock and as being like you know climb any mountain. I mean, whatever, whatever he does is good. Yeah, uh, it's just watch. At it. this point, it's like chart the bad ones. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got the tag team triple threat. Bluff. Um, I was happy at first that they weren't doing the um, tag the other other team in because I really do prefer when you've got the three teams in at once. They have no idea how to book no. three people in at once I for a tag team. I didn't like that. One guy just sits against the ropes for a little while. Yeah, I can't really tell you what happened in this match. I did not enjoy it. Um, yeah, I just I just noted things like Billy Gunn also has an eyebrow piercing, and I was wondering if he and like the and Undertaker went to the mall together. It was it was like <laughs> it was like a, a Friday special. Like, listen, if you go with me, it'll it'll just cost the price of one. They do like sort of like a um like a like a musical montage set to the New Radicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think really the Outlaws one. I honestly couldn't even tell you. I I I, I watched this match like four times. I have no idea. What and one thing. The Billy Gunn push is still baffling to me. Wild. They're even having him on the mic, and honestly, he's just like, "Well, we got two words for you." I'm like, "All right, man. I get you know, take take what you can." Look, it's Enzo and Cass, man. They they pushed Cass too. It's the same same idea here. Um, It's not great. But also, they made Cass look really big by having Enzo be so small, (laughs) whereas Billy Gunn is just like a guy. Yeah, he's just a guy. It's true. Yeah, we don't have to talk about this any longer, it turns yeah, out. Go. Because we've on. got the first meeting of Mankind and The Rock. Is it the first? Well, I think it's so. Ju- first of just the both of them, because they had that three-way in the... In with the, Shamrock. With, the with Shamrock and yeah. the But even Rocky Maivia didn't ever wrestle Mankind? I don't think so. I mean, we can go back to the records, but this yeah, is the I'm first sure. one I remember. Definitely in this current in- incarnation. Um, yeah, it's... This match is great. Fantastic. It's great. This, I mean, literally, the nothing, everything these two are touching right now is turning to gold, um, and this is amazing. This is such a fun match. There was like so much. I, I, I you know, you can always tell it's going to be really good when so much of the match is out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they sometimes they they pull it a little too often. It's a little bit of like goose, goose, goose. But you know, with these two guys, they just know how to they know how to deliver when it's out of the ring, and it's great. They had oh my god. Mankind did a leg drop on the desk that looked scary. Or I mean, I mean like I know they're that they're safe workers, but no. like it looked. Oh no, 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 no. First of all, he is not a safe worker. <laughs> oh, is mankind not a safe worker? No, I mean he doesn't hurt other people, but he hurts himself. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, a he's... safe worker means that you are as good he... to yourself as you are yeah, to your yeah, opponent. Yeah, like, oh, okay. he is not a mankind safe is worker. Not. No. no, 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 no. He works like, up with a concussion. He will just throw himself onto concrete. Yeah. Like there's not, there's no way to take. He's not like taking a bump. 
he's just throwing himself on the ground very hard his right. whole life. Right. He's just a worker. He he he's a safe coworker yes. who un- doesn't understand consequences. Yeah, I don't himself. think he has a bad reputation for hurting other people, but he has he he's destroyed his body. I yeah. mean, like his hips are like grounded to sand. I mean, like he's basically this like a two halves, like on like, you know those punching bags when you were a kid, you filled up with sand at the bottom. That's yeah. basically McFoley's body. Yeah, weebles wobble, but they don't yeah. fall. <laughs> but man, yeah, fucking hard hitting. It, it's great. Like the match itself is great. Do you want to walk then, us through the ending? What's up? Do you want to walk us through the ending? Well, it was, it wasn't until, um, between uh, the Austin and Mankind match and the Rock and Taker match that I realized that it's only been one year since the Montreal Screwjob. Mm-hmm. This is the first Survivor Series since the Montreal Screwjob. Wait, oh my god, I didn't even realize. Wait, so was Montreal Screwjob during Survivor Series? Yeah, It was Survivor Series 97. Uh, yeah, okay, go on. So the match, the match is going. Rock puts Mick Foley into the sharpshooter and Vince McMahon calls for the bell and we have a new champion The Rock the corporate champion it was a ruse so let's before we talk about just the ending of this pay-per-view let's go back to every to all the The Rock's matches leading up to this okay so first match versus the big boss man where we see think Rock this fucking guy wins in four seconds yeah of course he won in four seconds because the big boss man was supposed to lie down for him we've got uh the rock versus shamrock with the boss man throwing the nightstick and except rock knew that that nightstick was coming use that to attack oh my god i'm dropping my coffee cup (laughs) (laughs) which is why it confuses me now why did boss man grab rock's foot during the rock versus taker match but here's the thing. He grabbed it, but it was it wasn't like I was I did notice this. Uh the way he so basically Rock was doing was gonna do the people's elbow. Uh he he hit the second rope and uh and boss man interfered. Now typically when it's a when it's like a real um effective interference, it's usually the guy grabs the leg and he falls. Face plants and yeah. face plants and then it gives the the guy the other guy a chance. This was like a half-hearted, okay. just sweep it a little okay. bit so that he can. It, it was kind of like, oh, you know, we're not gonna, we're gonna make it look like there's, you know, that I'm rooting against you, but I'm not gonna fuck you up too much. And so I think that the entire, so the rock has been in Vince's pocket the entire time, and it makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't you want this beautiful, photogenic? guy who can speak on the mic to be your champion to go on all the talk shows to be the ambassador of your product and of course if you go to like Simon email make you the biggest star the rock is like hell yeah like that makes sense for his character but also i think it makes sense for him to still be pushing mankind the entire way through because let's say that nightstick spot doesn't work just right and and uh shamrock loses the rock you still have mankind going through the tournament and you know that he's going to follow your every whim. Calls the dude dad. Oh, I love it. After the match. Mankind goes to Vince and goes, Dad, Dad, what's going on? I didn't submit. So funny. So funny. 
But I think there's also something to how much star power The Rock has because he's still getting cheers even after that fuckery at the end of the show. I mean, people, yeah. It, it, I think People the, are booing. They're, just, they're it, throwing garbage. I think there's a little bit of everything. I think it literally took time for people to, like, for it to sink in what just happened because it was shocking. It was shocking. Yeah. Wrestling especially telegraphs everything because, no offense, they're, they're catering to like the lowest common denominator. Like, they, like, they have to make sure that's understandable for like the, the, the absolute lowest common denominator. Yeah. Right. So they do telegraph things a lot. But this was genuine surprise. This was misdirect. This was, this, this was the usual suspects of WWF. It, it, I think this is one of, if not... Some of my favorite writing I've, seen, I've, I've ever seen. I remember watching the lead up to this. And now I, I was in a household where the idea of asking my mother and stepfather for $50 for a wrestling pay-per-view, I didn't even bother every month. Insane. And so I was like with bated breath waiting to see what happened on Raw the next day. Oh, man. That's and a... to, to come in and see The Rock, who I'd fallen in love with, had turned and was aligned with McMahon. But see, I would think that if you, I would think that coming in and seeing all that, you'd be like, whoa, 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 that's a lot of, like, it's almost like, this is too much. Like, this, like, if it had been me, I would have, I would have been very uncomfortable with, like, knowing that he'd come into pay-per-view one way and then coming out of pay-per-view a completely different way. Um, I think the the pay-per-view helped me get there uh-huh. if that makes sense so like seeing that twist i was like oh okay it helps i, I can't even i couldn't imagine what it would be like that would oh, be yeah. the, that would be the kind of thing that would jarring yeah that would be the kind of thing that would make me go this is some more soap opera shit well but quote verbatim quote aaron benoit 1999 this is like a guy's soap opera and that was – I would literally say that as a selling point of why I love this thing. I, I was watching it from week to week just like right. just like the soap operas and, and the twists and the turn. I loved this stuff. This is – Yeah, I mean I guess I guess my – you know what I'm saying. Like I, I meant the more – I agree soap operas can be really fun, but I, I meant more the pejorative of like uh, I'm in a coma, but now I'm your twin. And it's like just like stuff to throw out stuff. This I'm not saying that's what this is, but what I'm saying is if if I had if this piece of the puzzle had been missing and I just had to kind of come in and catch up, I would that would have rubbed me the wrong way. That's yeah, fair. that's fair. But man, I mean, they will recap this to high holy hell because yeah. they're proud of they, they they know what they did here. And keep in mind that like this has been the culmination of a three month story. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is the third pay per view it took to get a champion. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, That's to not have a champion crazy. for three pay per views is pretty crazy. So like not even and like I know we're using that one, but Les- with Brock Lesnar not being on TV all the time, but imagine just like not even knowing who the champion is. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it paid off, I think, in spades. It made this whole night. I mean, obviously, Austin's already a star. The Rock now is a mega star. Mankind is a star. Yeah, like I think even Kane had a really strong showing. Uh, it just was everybody. Everybody involved in this got a little bit of a rub. I think it's yeah. It's really funny because I like I I had a real roller coaster with this pay per view to start with because I was just kind of like, uh, okay, like oh man, this is gonna be great. It's like stakes. It's real stakes. And then I was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to really want to see like a full tournament where 
it's it's a lot of half-assed matches and some weird fuckery and then by the end i was like whoa that's like this it was like a real thing it was it it became it was a real story arc turn point etc um yeah but it was it was like a lot and for like the I, i mean it was really like it was the prestige at the end like you really had that final you know reveal that it was worth it it was good loved it I don't know if I'd want to rewatch the whole thing for it, but parts I would. No, I would but I would definitely, it, it, listeners, if you haven't watched this pay per view in a while, I would recommend checking it out. I, I wouldn't go rewatch it again tomorrow myself. I'll go. There are parts of it I would go watch again right now that, yeah. uh, that I loved so much. Yeah, skip the tag team match. Skip the tag team match, but yeah. but honestly, if you haven't watched it in a while, just uh, it's, it, this is worth. Sa- uh, Sable, you could skip, but the time to find your remote and fast forward through it, it'll be done. especially on the WWE Network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right great work guys yeah a little bit more work to do for years wwe hosted a yearly award show called the slammy awards and we end each episode of hell in a cell phone with our own version of slammies in a segment we call for your reconsideration aaron you want to go first sure <laughs> i will one? yeah yeah i'm gonna give the uh the aaron in high school award to thrasher um, there was a certain point in the tag team match where Mosh flew off the top to the outside and Thrasher raised both hands looking for a high 10. Mosh didn't see him and went into the ring and Thrasher just grabs onto the ropes <laughs> instead. Like, no, I was just, I was doing this on purpose. <laughs> oh, we are all that Thrasher. Really <laughs> We've all been there. That's really good. All right. I'll go. Um, so I, you know, as as usual, I kind of overdid it. I, I I thought I honestly thought this one was going to be the one where we would, you know, duplicate each other. Um, I had best slash worst fans award uh, to the New Age Outlaws sign in the crowd, which was literally across an entire section where it goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all <laughs> ages." Like it, it did the whole thing, and it was so. Cons- it was, it was, it, it blocked out an entire section. That's amazing. Um, it was so conspicuous that you could see Road Dog and um, and Billy Gunn were, were like pointing at it, at it, and looking at each other and going, "Look at that! That's so fucking cool!" You could see them just getting so hyped about like how every word of his intro had been spelled out. It was dope. I also was going to do the respawn award for Big Boss Man. But... <laughs> all right, Pat. It would have been better if they spelled it all out on their chests. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, I'm going to give my slammy. I'm going to give the the Darlene slammy to Stephen Regal. He may be a real man's man, but he dresses like a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Love us, disagree, want to set up a convoluted plan for revenge against us? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at hellinacellpod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Poppy Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again for Capital Carnage. 
I don't think I'd be upset at all if anybody had like a really intricate plan for revenge against me. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I love a good plan. Well, you did. You had a really intricate plan for revenge against your brother that one yeah, time. Yeah, I, I took full vengeance on him for an April Fool's prank. Which Keep an eye on Patreon for that story <laughs> and Very more. It was a good prank, guys.